Chapter 4. Options 101. Here's what you need to know. Get the fundamentals down, and the level of everything you do will rise. Michael Jordan. The wheel is an options trading strategy. So, before you can start trading the wheel, you first need to understand the basics of options. This chapter is perfect for you if you are new to options, because I promise that I will make it easy to understand options without filling you full of useless jargon. This chapter is also great if you have some experience with options, but maybe find them a bit confusing and aren't sure how all this works. Most people who try to teach someone about options like to overcomplicate it. They talk about things like the Black-Scholes model or the binomial model. The Greeks, like delta, theta, rho, implied volatility, etc. And they like to throw out fancy terms to make options trading sound very complicated and to sell you their courses. But that's not me. That has never been my style. I like to keep things as simple as possible. There's a quote by Einstein that encapsulates this perfectly. Everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. If you are brand new to options trading, there are a lot of rabbit holes you can go down. The good news? To trade the wheel, you just need to understand a few of the basics, and then you'll have all the knowledge and confidence you need to start trading it. So, in this chapter, we are going to discuss the basics and focus on just what you need for a rock-solid options foundation. What is an option? An option is a contract that gives you the right, but not the obligation, to buy or sell 100 shares of a stock or ETF at a specific price by a certain date. The difference between stocks and options? A stock represents ownership of a company, and an option is just a contract that you can use to buy or sell those shares. There are advantages to buying options instead of just buying the actual shares of stock outright. Keep in mind that one options contract represents the right to buy 100 shares. If you were to buy 100 shares of Apple, ticker AAPL, you have to pay the actual share price of the stock multiplied by 100. So, if Apple's stock is trading at $126 per share, then 100 shares would cost $12,600. However, if you buy one option contract, you are paying a fraction of that price to control the same amount of shares. See the AAPL options graphic in the accompanying PDF. Here's an example. As you can see in the image in the accompanying PDF, the option to buy AAPL at $126 costs $4.65. Since option trades in 100 packs, you would pay $465 for the right to buy Apple at $126 on or before January 8, 2021, which is 19 days from now. Would you rather pay $12,600 to own 100 shares of Apple at $126? or $465 for the right to buy Apple at 126. Obviously, it's cheaper to buy the right to own Apple for 465 than buying 100 shares of Apple outright. Another advantage? When buying options, there is limited downside risk. If you buy shares of a company outright and the price plummets, you can lose as much as 100% of the investment if the price drops to zero. Now, that is an unlikely scenario, but it's still a possibility. Does anyone remember Enron or WorldCom? 
When buying options, you don't have the obligation, but rather the right to follow through on the trade. And if you don't, you've only lost out on the amount you paid for the contract. Using the example above, you can never lose more than $465, even if Apple shares would plummet to $76. If you traded 100 shares, you would lose $126 minus $76, or $50 times 100 shares equals $5,000. But if you traded the option, you would only lose $465. When selling options, there's a bit more risk involved, and we will cover this in a moment. Four things you need to know about options. Now that you have a basic idea of what an option is, there are three things you need to know about them, and these are universal. One, options have a strike price. Two, options have an expiration date. Three, there are call options and there are put options. Four, you can buy options or you can sell options. So, let's take a look at these three things in more detail. Number one, strike prices. The strike price is the price that the underlying asset, in this example, stock, can be purchased at if the option contract is exercised. You'll choose the strike price at the time of purchase or when the option contract is written. Which strike you choose and the price of the stock at the time of purchase will determine if your strike is considered in the money or ITM, at the money or ATM, or out of the money or OTM. In the money strike prices or ITM. ITM call options will have strike prices below the current stock price and ITM put options will have strike prices above the current stock price. For our Apple example, current price is 126.66. The strike prices of 125 and below are considered ITM for call options, and the strike prices of 128 and above are considered ITM for put options. At the money options strike price, or ATM. An ATM option would be the closest strike price to the current market price for the stock. For our Apple example, Current price, $126.66. The strike prices of 126 and 127 are the closest strikes to the market. So, these strikes are considered ATM for both call and put options. Out-of-the-money options strike prices, or OTM. An OTM call options strike price would be above the current market price of the stock. With an OTM put option, the strike price would be below the current market price of the stock. For our Apple example, current price 126.66, the strike prices of 128 and above are considered OTM for call options, and strike prices of 125 and below are considered OTM for put options. Number two, expiration dates. Options are contracts that will always have an expiration date. All options have monthly expiration dates, and some options also have weekly expiration dates. The weekly expiration dates are often marked with a W. See the graphic in the accompanying PDF. This expiration date is always specified as a Friday, unless it's a major holiday, like Christmas 2020, which fell on Friday, December 25th. In this case, the expiration is the day before the holiday. 
Once an option expires, you no longer have the right to buy or sell the underlying stock at the specified strike price. Therefore, it is very important that you choose the right expiration date. As an option buyer, you want a longer expiration date, usually 30 days or more. As an option seller, you want a shorter expiration date, usually 14 days or less. We will talk more about that in the next chapter. Number three, call options versus put options. There are call options and there are put options. Let's take a look at both options in more detail. Call options. In the previous chapters, we talked mainly about call options. As a reminder, when you own a call option, you have the right to buy a stock at the strike price before the expiration. So, if the option has a strike price of $100 and the actual price of the stock goes up to $110, you get to buy the stock at $100 a share instead of $110 a share. Often, you will see a call notated like this. AAPL, call 280, April 17th. This means that you can buy Apple for $280, or the strike price, on or before April 17th, the expiration. Remember, you have the right to do this, but not the obligation. Let's take a look at a chart and see if this makes sense. Pull up the Apple Call 280 April 17th graphic in the accompanying PDF. For this example, let's assume Apple is trading at $260. If you own the Apple Call 280 April 17th, it means that you have the right to buy Apple for $280 before April 17th. Quiz. How much is the option worth if Apple is trading at $260 and you have the right to buy Apple at $280? The answer is nothing. This call option is out of the money. It wouldn't make sense to exercise this call option and buy the shares for $280 when it is cheaper to just buy the stock outright at $260. This call option would only be worth something if the stock moved above $280. But as long as the stock price remains below $280, the call option is worth nothing. Let's take a look at another example with a different strike price. Apple called 240 April 17th. See the chart in the accompanying PDF. Here is a different strike price. This is the Apple Call 240, April 17th. In this example, you have the right, but not the obligation, to buy Apple at the strike price of $240 on or before the expiration of April 17th. In the accompanying chart, Apple is currently trading at $260. Same question here. How much is the call option worth? Well, if you're allowed to buy the stock at $240 and it's currently trading at $260, that means that the call option is worth $20 and it's in the money. It really is that simple. The strike price versus the current price the stock is trading at determines the value of the call option. If the strike price is lower than the current price the stock is trading at, then it is in the money. On the other hand, if the strike price is higher than the current price the stock is trading at, then it is out of the money. But there's a kicker. There is also something else to consider, and that's what's known as time value. We will go over time value in more detail in the next chapter, but I want to briefly cover it here first, as it is a basic principle of options trading. Right now, this option is trading at $22.30. But wait! 
If this call is worth $20, as we've just established, why is it trading for more than $20? Why is there a so-called premium there? This premium is also commonly referred to by traders as time value. In this case, it could be because the price of Apple is moving even higher. And this is what traders are anticipating, because there is a certain amount of days left where we are allowed to buy this stock for $240. As the price of Apple moves higher, it will be worth more. The premium you see is the premium for only one share. And since each contract represents 100 shares, this number multiplied by 100 is the amount in the premium you will pay. As long as there's still time left before expiration, options always have some time value, in addition to the real value. More about that in the next chapter. Put options. At this point, you should have a good grasp of what call options are. But we've only briefly discussed what a put option is. So let's talk about this in more detail now. A call option gives you the right to buy a stock at a certain price before the expiration date. And a put option gives you the right to sell a stock at a certain price, or the strike price, before the expiration. Here's an example. AAPL put 280 April 17. This put option allows you to sell Apple for $280, or the strike price, before April 17th, or the expiration. Remember, you have the right to do this, but not the obligation, just like with call options. See the AAPL Put 280 April 17th graphic in the accompanying PDF. With Apple trading at $260, you have the right to sell the stock at the much higher price of $280. When you sell stock, you profit from a falling market. This means that that put option is worth $20, and it's in the money. Number 4. Buying Options versus Selling Options when buying options, you either have the right to buy or sell the underlying security at a specified price, or the strike price, depending on whether calls or puts were purchased. Buying options is considered a debit since you're paying up front for the contract. When selling options, you are taking the other side. You have either the obligation to buy or sell the underlying security at a specified price, or the strike price, once again, dependent on if calls or puts were sold. When selling options, you're receiving a credit in the form of the premium for the contract you sold. There are two key concepts to take away when buying options or selling options. First, when buying options, you have the right to buy or sell the shares of the underlying security. Also, when buying options, you're paying up front, which is considered a debit. When selling options, you have the obligation to buy or sell shares of the underlying security. When you're the option writer, that is, selling options, you're collecting a fee for selling that contract, referred to as a credit. Let's take a look at this in more detail. Buying options. See the buying options graphic in the accompanying PDF. When you buy a call option, you make money when the stock goes up. Example, if the option has a strike price of 100 and the price of the stock rises to $110, you can buy stock priced at $110 per share for only $100 a share. However, if the price drops below the strike price, you don't have the obligation to follow through on the trade. 
So, your maximum loss is the premium you paid for the options contract. Remember, when buying options, you have the right, but not the obligation, to exercise a contract. So, you don't have to buy the shares. When you buy a put option, you make money when the stock goes down. Example, if the option has a strike price of 110 and the price of the stock drops to $100, this means you can sell shares that only cost you $100 a share for the higher price of $110 a share. However, if the price rises above the strike price, you don't have the obligation to follow through on the trade. And again, you will only be down the price of the premium you paid. Remember, with buying options, you only have the right, not the obligation, to exercise the contract. Selling Options See the Selling Options graphic in the accompanying PDF. There are always two sides to every trade. Whether a trader buys a call or a put, there is someone on the other end selling that call or put to them. So when a buyer pays a premium for an option, the seller of that contract collects that premium. And that's exactly what we will do with the wheel strategy. Just think about it as doing the opposite. When you sell a call option, you make money when the price goes down. When you sell a call option, you receive a premium. And if you sold a call option with a strike price of $260 and the price of the stock closes below $260 at expiration, this option would expire worthless and you would keep the premium. However, if the price rises above 260, let's say 280, you will still collect the premium, but you now have the obligation to sell the shares at the strike price if the buyer exercises their right to buy the shares at the strike price. This is called assignment or getting assigned and is a big part of the wheel strategy. We'll cover this in more detail in chapter 8. See the selling calls graphic in the accompanying PDF. In this example, you would lose $20 per option. You have to sell the shares at the strike price of $260, but since you don't have the shares, you need to buy them at the higher price of $280 for a loss of $20. When you sell a put option, you make money when the price goes up, or as long as the stock price stays above the strike that you sold. If you sold a put option that has a strike price of $280 and the price of the stock closes above $280 at expiration, the option expires worthless, and you keep the entire premium the buyer paid. However, if the price drops below $280, let's say to $250, you still collect the premium, but you now have the obligation to buy shares at the strike price. The process is known as an assignment. See the selling puts graphic in the accompanying PDF. So, you would lose $30 per share if you had the obligation to buy shares at $280 and immediately sold them at $250, or the current market price, to close the trade. And since options come in 100 packs, you would lose 100 times $30, or $3,000. Four options strategies. Your building blocks. Now that you have a solid foundation in options trading, I want to show you four basic options strategies. These four strategies are the building blocks of options trading. Once you understand these four foundational strategies, you will then be able to build more advanced and complex trading strategies. We will use two out of the four strategies when trading the wheel. So, here are the four basic strategies for trading options.
One, buy calls. When you expect the stock price to go up or you're bullish. Two, sell calls. When you expect the stock to go sideways or drop. Bearish. Three, buy puts. When you expect the stock to drop or you're bearish. Four, sell puts. When you expect the stock to go sideways or to go up. Bullish. As you can see, there's more than one way you can take advantage of moves higher and lower in the market. So the question then becomes, when would you use one of these strategies over another? If you were bullish and expect the price of the stock to go up, you would either buy calls or sell puts. If, on the other hand, you were bearish and expect the price of the stock to drop down, you would either sell calls or buy puts. A good way for you to determine whether to buy or sell options is to refer to the CBOE Volatility Index, or the VIX, also known as the Fear Index. The VIX was created by the Chicago Board Options Exchange, or the CBOE, and is a real-time market index that represents the market's expectation of 30-day forward-looking volatility. In a nutshell, when the VIX is high, it's typically better to sell options. When the VIX is high, option premiums are also going to be higher. And when the option premiums are high, you collect more premium as a seller. And when the VIX is low, it's better to buy options since the premiums will be lower. As a basic rule of thumb, when the VIX is above 30, you sell options. And when it is below 30, you want to buy options. See the graphic in the accompanying PDF. As you can see, Trading options doesn't have to be overly complicated. You just need the basics that we discussed in this chapter to start trading options. What you have learned thus far is all you need for the wheel. But, and yes, there is a big but coming. Trading options can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. This is why I included this chapter that focused just on the fundamentals of trading options. A lot of people lose their hard-earned money trading options because they don't understand these basics. And even if you are still a little bit confused, that's okay. Keep listening, and if you get stuck later on, then you may want to re-listen to this chapter a couple of times. And that's okay, because once you do get it, you've got it.